1: Welcome to episode number 334 of On the Court of the Official pitchless.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the rested and relaxed Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing?
2: What is happening? Uh, I don't know if I'm totally rested. Um, I was in Cape Cod for the week, but my, I was seeing my nephews. I have three nephews, all under oh, the yeah. age of six. So uh, helping out my sister and brother-in-law a lot. Um, They're wonderful. But yeah, they're they're a
1: little exhausting, fast. One hundred percent, I'm with you. One hundred percent, literally came from the exact same thing, but with with eight of them. So I'm with you. It's Ooh. tiring. It's it's fun, but it's tiring. It's yeah, you're wonderful. exhausted. They're so great. Did you enjoy? Uh, did you enjoy the All Star Game and the All Star and uh, the Home Run Derby? Or how, how are you feeling about? It? We'll probably talk about this a little bit more in length tomorrow night at the Nick and Alex mm. Baseball Show, which you should be tuning in every yep. Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. But overall, did you enjoy it? I mean, I
2: enjoyed the fact that uh, Soto got more attention. Mm-hmm. Once again, I mean, he's already a hot topic right now of being traded. And there he goes and wins the derby because he's just kind of in like, whatever, I'm dope mode. And speaking of that, so was Alec Manoa. And that was oh. such a joy. We got to do that more often. We got to get more pitchers mic'd up. I know it sounds so crazy to do it. But what if we had like Grant Balfour back in the day? Oh mic'd my gosh. up? <laughs>
1: brian wilson brian wilson max Scherzer these days oh, yeah, man. You, you wouldn't be able to air it on public television but yeah
0: right it uh,
1: <laughs> was a perfect example uh really really was praying that that they were going to tie it up there in the bottom of the ninth so we could have seen mm. that home run oh. derby oh yeah um, but alas we did not get that but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about per usual it's a monday to talk about the list now oh, right. overall Overall, you know, if you're if you're scrolling down, you go past the notes which you should be reading. You're definitely going to see a good wave of blue, which makes sense. There haven't been games a, a plenty because of the All Star break. There was a few this weekend, um, but still in the top thirty, we're not talking about really moving the needle too drastically. Yeah, no, right? yeah, no, nothing too crazy. I mean, we're, I'm still going to give you tier
2: names and everything, but uh, yeah. yeah yeah it's just it's a short weekend um and in general i just didn't see anything that wasn't like a one game hiccup or it wasn't another confirmation of a trend that i Mm -hmm. needed to act on
1: yeah Okay. Um all right, let's 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 break it down then. So the the theme I'm, I told you I was going to uh, take it a little bit easier on you with the theme this week and I thought about it. It's going to be oh, really? sports it's going to be sports teams, right? And it doesn't have to, originally it was going to limit it to oh. baseball teams, but I'm not going to limit it to baseball teams. I'm going to do all sports teams. We're talking oh, soccer, wow. we're talking football, hockey, you know. Oh, God. So, Curious to hear what you come up with. Um, fictional, non-fictional. It could be any sports team that you I- indeed prefer. Uh, and we're going to kick it off with tier number one. This is a one through six. Corbin Burns, Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, and Zach Wheeler. What's it called? Why is it called that? Come on. Uh, I, fine. I was really tempted to hear if you were going to do this. So let's see it. Um uh yeah it's the new york yankees most
2: championships ta-da you win you got it out of me fast all right i mean how could i not do the yankees i don't know like the most winning <laughs> franchise this, of any <laughs> like look i'm trying to think of um you could say like the i don't know do you want like the celtics of like what the 60s or 70s do you want the but that's the thing. you could say the
1: lakers you could say the patriots you could say Nah, they are not the most winning team like okay, hey, right, let's, let's. All that matters I don't know. Is, is you came up with the name. Why, I tried why, to I think
2: of like the the fictional one, but I can't. I can't. I have I have some interesting ones in my my mind already, but it's gonna be a process. Okay. <laughs> this is always so funny. It's like I feel like it's um, Iron Chef every week. <laughs> like you reveal the secret Result. ingredient, you know, and it's like beer, you know, and I'm just like, oh, oh okay, okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right so yeah well so sure it. it's the he Yankees here well you know
1: um we, we should talk a little bit about the only person who falls inside of this tier and that's the reason why we see two risers so we see Sandy Alcantara Max Scherzer rise three and four no real questions there both of them look you know fantastic Garrett Cole drops two. now it isn't just the the uh Orioles game I mean it's a little unfair to say it isn't just the Orioles game where he struggled. He he had a, a very good start against the Red Sox before that, before the All Star break where he struck out twelve. He struck out eleven against the Reds before that. But then here he comes back from the All Star break and he, he struggles a little bit, right? Um, he I mean eleven base runners
2: in six innings is a huge deal against your Orioles. Totally, uh, sixteen and, whiffs is still there, but yeah, oh absolutely. I mean he's five. You know he's still obviously incredible. I just feel that Sadie Alcantara and Max Scherzer have just not had those blips and Cole has had some.
1: It's that simple. Yeah. It is weird to see, even though it's over just 32 innings, uh, you know, 3.38 ERA and uh, 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 the highest WOBA of the year for him by month. Um, so again, while he he's still obviously elite, he hasn't been as elite as we are used to seeing him, but I'm sure he will be just fine. Um, moving into tier two, uh, this is seven through 15. Justin Verlander, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Shohei Otani, Clayton Kershaw, Alec Manoa, Kevin Gausman, Aaron Nola, Brandon Woodruff. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, I don't know, man. I, I can't even, like, think of a single... I can't even think of, like, a
2: single team. I, I'm going to go with... um, <laughs> I. Uh, you know those, like, fake teams that would be, like, I'm playing MLB, or I'm playing All-Star Baseball 99. Uh-huh. And if I keep going... by I don't know if you can hear the thunderstorm going outside. Yeah, right? wow, I like, heard apartment. that. <laughs> Jealous. Um, but, like, you keep going to the right. Like, you have the normal teams, and then you have, like, the fake teams... Oh, They're yeah. just like some random name and it's just all 99 players. Yeah, of uh, that's tier two because you're enjoying how good they are, but it's not quite as real
1: as the others up top. Okay, that makes sense. We we hit on this a little bit in the last podcast that we did, but I wanted to bring it back to the forefront. And it was a conversation about why Justin Verlander wasn't bumped up into Tier One. Since then, you know, he's had one game against Seattle where he was he was very dominant, seven innings pitched with one run, run four hits, two walks, and nine Ks. Still not enough to move that needle to get him above that little blue line. I I mean for Verlander, it's still the same question of just how
2: how long is this going to last. I think it's still the same concerns we had last week are still existing. I uh, Maybe he does. It doesn't really matter to me, but I, I feel I still have the same concerns I did before. It could just be September 1st and I go, all right, fine, here you go. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, But yeah, I mean, if you want to push him above it, that's fine with me. I think the other guys are just a little bit more stable.
1: Now, you're not quite hitting—are uh, are you hitting a—not a, a panic button, because that's too intense. I want to bring it down. Maybe, like, and to the left of the panic button, there's, like, a—I'm a little worried— Button and then that one lights up and then the next option is the panic button. Joe mm. Musgrove, you know, kind of limps it into the uh, uh, into the All Star break a little bit at Colorado. Of course, it makes sense. We can give him a little bit of a pass. And then last night he's cruising at the beginning of the game, right? He had that no hitter through four innings, and then he gives up that three run shot to uh, to Pete Alonzo on a, on, a, on a relatively good pitch. It wasn't like a pitch where you are like, oh boy. Yeah,
2: it. it was. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. supposed to be that much in the zone. Two one slider. The slider. I only have one with the entire night last night for Joe Musgrove. Um, I mean, sure, cores, whatever. The Mets. I'm not really that concerned at the moment with Joe Musgrove. Uh, he's been so solely consistent through the year, but I do recognize four of his last five games have come with at least three and runs. That includes seven innings of three and runs and ten strikeouts and six base runners against the Dodgers, though. And. I I, I'm, I'm willing to say like, Oh, he almost had this. The sixth inning was bad. And that was that, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not really taking a big step back slider. As I mentioned, yes, that is concerning. If that trend continues, then we'll talk about that. But right now I don't think it's enough to move him.
1: Lastly, Kevin Gausman, you know, it seems like there might be just a once a year period where he goes through a little bit of a rough stretch. I'm wondering if we already had it because that Boston start with 13 whiffs on his splitter and that 28 to five football match was something impressive to see. Uh, Is he a case where if you see another 10 plus splitter with night and a really good uh line that he's going to start to move up towards the top 10 again. First of all, how dare you bring up football in this podcast? You know better. <laughs> uh Second of all,
2: that was actually the fifth time this entire season. He's had at least 13 whiffs on the splitter, believe it or not. Uh He had, Two games of 14 against Boston and the Astros, uh, which is pretty cool. But also, Boston isn't as good. I mean, they don't have, they didn't have Devers, I don't believe, in that game. Or if he did, he got removed on that one. Um, Trevor Story is out. Gina Martinez is banged up. It's not the same Red Sox team that you would normally associate with them. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really worried about Gaussman. The 129 whip is obviously atrocious. Uh, 101st in the majors among all starting pitchers. I don't think that's what we get moving forward. I'm certainly, I have been dinging Dylan Cease for that, uh, but I don't really consider uh, Gaussman as that whip threat uh, moving forward, despite, of course, it being above one, you know, nine in six frames against the Royals, and then seven and five here against the Red Sox. Still, I think that that number will come down, and obviously everything else, the ERA, right, the strikeouts, and the innings are all great.
1: Now, last but not least, before we move on to the next tier, I think you moved the blue line a little bit down to include Brandon Woodruff in I tier did. two. What is uh, What was uh, uh talk to us about that decision. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. He's looking like himself.
2: He had another double digit whiff game with fastballs. I mean, yes, it was rocky Road, but he did exactly what he was supposed to do. I'm
1: just like, oh yeah, cool. This is Brandon Woodruff. Great. Welcome back to tier two, buddy. All right. Tier three, uh, 16 through 22, Robbie Ray, Dylan Cease, Max Fried, Logan Webb, Shane Bieber, Pablo Lopez, and Tony Gonsolin. What's it called? Why is it called that? This is called, I believe it's Nelson and Verdock. And you have no
2: idea what I'm talking about. I know. Not I understand. Not I believe that was my fantasy baseball team name when I won the Pitcherless Legacy League okay and i had nelson cruz and justin verlander and i did a whole daredevil nelson and murdoch thing uh, and yeah and these guys could be the ones that are winning you this season uh when you have dylan Ceci, you got him a little bit later you have tony gonzolin doing that kind of stuff um maybe believing in shane bieber these are the guys that you need to come through if you have the minor team uh to to seize that trophy so yeah nelson and Verdock here
1: Okay. Yeah, I dig that. I, I felt I don't have like too much to discuss about this because I don't think uh, a lot of these guys have have pitched since the since the break. Um, but I did think it was very funny at being at the All Star game when Tony Gonsolin oh, yeah. got a hit. He gave up that bomb. Um, I felt it was very funny because the Dodger fans behind me were like. There it is. That's it. There goes his confidence. He's not going to bounce back. <laughs> you, know, uh, you, you might, if uh, if if you are listening and you were that fan behind me. I hope you are wrong. I hope you are wrong. I don't think that's going to happen to uh, Tony Goncalo. Yeah, also, did it, you recognize the back of Alex Fast's head? I mean, I would have personally. I I was having a very lovely conversation with Eno. When we were there and a guy came up to him and he was like, Oh my god, are you mean you know, Osiris? And they, you know, we were we, we, we talked to him for a couple of minutes. And then at the end he was like, I'm so sorry, I didn't ask you what your name. And I was like, Oh, I'm Alex. He was like, Oh, are you Alex Fast from 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 Hey? Uh, from that's a school? cool feeling, Alex. Very cool. So if you are listening, it was very d- delightful to to talk with you. Uh, a very nice conversation. I hope you're I hope your dynasty team goes well and it was <laughs> you about your, your minor league draft. Uh it was very awesome. cool. Um do you think real quick just so we do have one thing. Yes, to I think on, all the time quick. fast. As much do, as you okay, like to argue that I don't. Let's narrow it down <laughs> then. Do you think Pablo Lopez could be an interesting trade piece at the deadline? Ah uh, right. So Did this was moved? um
2: I thought this was an interesting conversation I I, I tried to have my main internet kept going out during Papalooza this weekend. Um where the Marlins you know we've been talking about the Marlins dealing a starter for a long time because they yeah. have all, all these options. And it does get damaged by Max Meyer going down with an elbow injury. But there's Edward Cabrera coming back. There's Jesus Lazardo. And there seemingly is an extra spot open. And Pablo Lopez has often been the name um, reference. 314 ERA, 109 whip, 24% K rate. He's been obviously solid for, for the Marlins through the entire year. He is prone to um, random blowups. Uh, three starts of five run runs or more across his last seven. I hope it's okay, and I hope teams don't really read into that if he's going to be dealt by the Marlins. But he hasn't had a game above six strikeouts uh, since May 24th, um, and that's about 10 starts away. So I don't know. I, I If I were on the market for a pitcher, um, I don't know if it necessarily would be Pablo Lopez because there's still some concern about how long he can survive with his shoulder that was a big thing coming into this year is he's, he's 24th in majors and innings right now at 109 and we don't really know if he can be that stalwart through the end of the year i uh, they could do that the they obviously need a bat of some kind there really is a proper fit here though remember sixo sanchez
1: oh yeah that guy now <laughs> yeah uh i was just thinking about him uh, apparently he's he's his rehab is progressing well he's going to start facing batters soon but you look at the oh really you look at you look at miami they're they're five games under 500 they're 13 and a half out of the division there's no way they're going to come back from that and then they're um they're five back from the wild card which isn't impossible but you still have to deal with san francisco and philly and so you have to
2: say yeah so it's adres and uh oh whoever the mets of the the atlanta right Yeah. And then it's uh, San Francisco and Philly are the other ones. Sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you have to figure they're probably not going to be too competitive there. However, Pablo Lopez isn't a free agent until 2025. He has two more years of full arbitration. So I still think they could. I I would personally hold on considering if I'm Miami, I would hold on considering the 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 injuries that they're dealing with you could probably still get just as good a value next year considering how much time he still has for ace to sign that contract let's go to tier four though 23 through 29 luis castillo julio urias you darvish chris bassett Framber valdez frankie montas and kyle wright what's it called why is it called that um oh god i hate this <laughs> Teams are teams are so hard cuz I'm trying
2: to like just remember other sports. This is not a, normally a podcast where I need to think of other sports fast.
1: Mm. I just you said know? teams. It could be a baseball team.
2: Yeah, I know, but I don't I don't want to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
2: let's say this is the the Kraken because they're hopefully new to being good. They're new. <laughs> exactly.
1: He sounds so confident.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a really um, great team.
1: You know, I'm really good at this, guys. Trust me. It's the best. That is very funny. Um, Okay, so. Wait, uh, no, I got
2: it. I got it. They're the angels. You think they're going to be great, but then they don't actually get the ace is going to ace label, a.k.a. the oh. playoffs that you expect.
1: There you go. Okay, there you go. You happy? Um, I imagine that we see Frankie Montes drop below Chris Bassett and Framber Valdez just because he's still kind of you know they're taking a little slow with him he had that three inning start where we knew he was three pitches capped. right and now he gets the I believe the
2: the Astros and mm-hmm. I actually retconned I rarely do this um, anytime I put in my streamer rankings for a day I don't tweak it unless a, a player um, you know a player swapped out but I actually moved Montes from probable start down to do not start because I forgot completely about the 53 pitches thrown. That means about 70 or so and it's against the Astros and it's just too captive a ceiling to start him there. Uh, And personally, in my view. So that's why Montes is down a little. That's why he has a little bit of the injury tag still um, as he's recovering from that. But I imagine he'll be dealt (laughs) and uh, he'll have that one start and everyone says, okay, he's cool, ready to go. And uh, he'll be off the team.
1: We got a newcomer to the newcomer, uh, a newcomer to the Angels, as you as you say. That's the name of the tier, or a newcomer to the the Kraken, uh, and that's Kyle Wright who who pops up into this tier. Um, you know the curveball usage has been huge for him. He picked up eight whiffs in that most recent start against LA. Um, you know able to throw it effectively in and out of the zone are you buying what Kyle Wright is selling a little bit more and that's why he's in tier four
2: it's just one of those things where the guy hasn't fallen off uh 295 era 116 whip in a 24 percent k rate and the curveball ball is still elite i mean this is a really really good curveball 17 no, actually 18 swing strike rate 22 percent called strike rate for it near 40 percent csw and that's not on like a third pitch that's of a third of all of his pitches usage on that curveball for color, right? That's insane. 72% strike rate. You love to see it. And it's a game of, okay, cool. Let me get my sinkers in the zone without getting destroyed. Um, I don't know if I really love that sinker that much as a 71% strike rate. It's it's fine. Um, He does elevate four seamers effectively. It's more times than not, he's able to actually get that pitch up. And the changeup's okay. But it's really that curveball. As long as he's able to get a ton of strikes with that pitch. Everything is fine, honestly, with, with Kyle Wright. He plays for a winning team, too. That's why you see the, the 12 wins and four losses, which, mm. I mean, I, obviously wins is not something I love leaning on when, when ranking guys, but I do understand. Yeah, he's part of Atlanta, and he's pitching deep enough to have the 15th most innings among all starting pitchers this year. Uh, so he deserved to be in this tier. I was even thinking about pushing him higher, but I did – I still am searching for right to get that second pitch that I really like, mm. and it's just the it's just the curveball right now. Sure, um, it's kind of like a discounted Dylan Cease almost. Uh, it's similar whips almost. I mean, I'm a little bit higher maybe for for Cease, and he throws more strikes with the sinker. Does Kyle Wright. But the fact that I can't really lean on something else from Kyle Wright to be there when the curve isn't. Is what has me a little hesitant, and it could fall out of rhythm because we saw the terrible command before this year. But so yeah, if, I might just I might just be pushing him up every single week, honestly.
1: What is it about the sinker and changeup that doesn't have you sold? Because both at the surface are, are you know the sinker's got a a two seventy eight woba compared to a three sixty league average. The changeup you know uses about twenty percent of the time, seventeen to be exact, one eighty one woba with a fourteen point three percent strike rate. I I I think that the the x woba is two fifty
2: on it um mm. and a 181 it just seems like it's gone his way thus far it's not an overwhelming sure. swing strike rate pitch Yeah, 14 14 is not what you want to see on a chain that's, that's below actually it's above average this year change-ups have gone worse man that used to be an average of 16 uh, oh my gosh uh what's up with everybody's change-ups in the league <laughs> um that's actually an interesting article i might look into that uh but anyway yeah his it's a good change up it's just not something that he depends on you know it's it's not like that plus offering that i'm looking for right and maybe that's something that's maybe that's what it is is that the curveball is really good and Ooh. the other three aren't bad right and maybe that's just as important as finding something else that is great also to pair it up right um but i just wish i had that and i don't i don't really And i think that's why you see the the whip above 115 despite having uh, you know seven percent walk rates totally fine Sure. Um, it's just that the hipper nine is getting close to eight, uh, and oftentimes when you see these true breakouts, these tr- real big steps in the right direction, it's closer to a seven hipper nine. So that that's kind of where I have the hesit- hesitancy with right, but yeah, he's going to keep climbing as long as that curveball's doing its thing.
1: Awesome. Let's move on to tier five, thirty through thirty-five: John Gray, Charlie Morton, Luis Garcia, Tristan McKenzie, Nestor Cortez, and Logan Gilbert. What's it called, and why is it called that? This. <laughs> It's called the Toon Squad, because <laughs> okay. you,
2: you, you didn't expect all of these to be as good as they are. And oh, you, see, nice. you see Nestor Cortez in there, you see John Gray, you see Luis Garcia, you see even Tristan McKenzie, um, Charlie Morin. If you talk to me in on the middle of May, like, there's no way you'd expect this. So it's the Tune Squad. They shouldn't be winning, but they are.
1: All right, let's lead off with the cover athlete of the list, which is John Gray, who rises too. is this just something where as long as that fastball velo is there, you're going to be riding with John Gray. I mean, it just keeps
2: sustaining, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he, he's been absolutely on fire. Uh, John Gray since, uh, since June 12th has been one of the better pitchers around at a 181 eater era 0.95 whip and a 30% K rate. I, I mean, it's, it's real here. It is. Uh, it's all right in front of you. His, uh, his fastball in that time uh, has been sitting above 96, 96.3, which is amazing. The slider has earned a ton of whiffs in that time with a CSW of almost 40% uh, in those starts uh, with 40% usage. It's just wonderful. Mm.
1: And and John Gray doesn't get the love that he deserves. Um. Uh- we it's been kind of a, a a ride this year for nestor cortez i mean obviously talking about getting cy young votes and then he comes into june and you know sort of falls off a little bit right we see that era jump up i mean obviously he wasn't going to be able to sustain that sub two era over the course of a full season he ends up going 26 frames in june with a 4.15 era and a 341 wobo which is of course the highest of the season he's fallen back to earth a little bit very competitive july um what do you you seeing out of Nestor Cortez that has you rising him for? Well, he just got 11 whiffs on his four-seamer
2: against some team named the Orioles. Have you heard of them? <laughs> um, they,
1: was that the one they won?
2: No, absolutely not. They lost 6 uh, to nothing to the Yankees. Oh, uh, that was Because Cortez what, went six innings, zeroed runs, and seven Ks. Who started uh, you can Saturday. talk all about this tomorrow, buddy, okay? Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who started Saturday,
1: though?
2: Uh, I, I, I don't know. It was Jordan a tie Dario, or was Dario? it? What's it? Oh, it's high on. Yeah, oh. sorry. All right, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I'm done. I mean, he just got seven K's in six innings. He looked like his old self against the Orioles. Maybe it's just the Orioles. So he had that amazing start in May. I uh, actually rather in uh in April, where he had 12 mm-hmm. strikeouts against so and Maybe he just loves that. It stepped up from uh his it was a step up from his 14 strikeouts across the last three starts. So good to see that.
1: It's interesting because I thought he was going to maintain his um, cutter usage because the cutter was really fantastic for him in April and May. It was something, a pitch that he was going to nearly 40% of the time. And in June dropped to about 30% of the time, really decided to amp up that four seamer. And he's really getting away from the cutter. It's dropped to about almost 20% of the time. And he's really started to mix in the slider a little bit more. So I was curious to see if, you know, the changes that he made in June were going to stick around considering the poor results. And if anything, they've, they've, continued to go in that direction which has been interesting to see um let's move on to tier six our first chonky tier 36 through 46 spencer strider jordan montgomery zach Gallon, jose barrios christian javier joe ryan tywin walker tyler anderson lance lynn mike clevenger and Tarek Skubel. what's it called and why is it called that
2: oh no okay um uh, lord <laughs> Do like I could do like random things that get out there. Sports teams, I know it's so crazy. Nick, you can't think of sports teams. It's just it's like, and it can be a baseball team. I know, but I don't want it always to be a baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, it just feels <sighs> okay. This one, this team. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> this is this a riddle you're doing now? <laughs> I'm trying as hard as I can. Um, all right. This is the New York Knicks from the movie Eddie. <laughs> okay. Oh, very very good. Because all wondering... of them have something they have to overcome.
1: Mm-hmm. Like Larry Johnson on the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Very nice. All right. Very good. Uh, the first person that I, I want to talk about is, is Zach gallon is the dominant start that we saw against Washington and an okay start before the break at San Francisco, a harbinger of more consistency and better times to come for gallon in the second half. I think it wasn't really giving me enough
2: credit to just kind of how the entire staff, it, our arsenal works together. Um, and, there's something to be said about that. Talk to Kyle Bland, our director of research and analytics. I, uh, and, you know, I, you know, I saw him tweeting out about gallon and recognizing, yeah, his stuff is all good. Like nothing's bad mm-hmm. uh, with gallon while he still has a four seamer that earns a 30% CSW and does exactly what he needs to do. And this is a tier where I took apart the, uh, the stable guys, right? You have the like gallon. He had Walker, you had Anderson and Michaelis in this little mini tier last week. And I said, you know what? No gallon. He's a step above those um while they produce he produces kind of the same idea of um ratios and you know stability 331 year a 102 whip but he has a little bit more strikeout uh, uh capabilities with 24% this year so i decided to move him up a little bit than the
1: the i don't know the uh, damage
2: i did to him last week whatever that Sure
1: was. that's fine yeah yeah um the other person that i wanted to hit upon in this uh in this tier is a guy that we were dunking on last week in Tarek Skubal, and then he came back with a little bit of uh, increased velocity in that four-seamer. Got to have you a little bit excited for what he could do in the second half. Oh, man, I've been wanting you to to bring in Tarek Skubal for a while, but first, we got to take a quick break.
2: Really quickly on Tarek Subal. Uh he impressed me this this past week against Oakland. Nine strikeouts, zero and runs in six innings. I don't think he pitched so badly in that previous start against the Royals. Um, four and runs, six innings. I don't know if we were dunking. We were just being a little uh, cautious about it. Um, and I liked what I saw here. He increased his velocity on his fastball um 1.5 ticks um to 95 and a half. I love that, but I just need to see him do it against someone that's not the Oakland Athletics. And uh, hopefully this is a trend that will continue through the second half.
1: Yeah, that's very fair because there was a stretch where it didn't really matter who he was facing. It was it was uh, going to be a, a little worrisome. <clears throat> Speaking of worrisome, let's move on to this next tier. Is there are a few worrisome names that I'd like to get to. It's Tier 7, 47 through 52. Blake Snell, Lucas Giolito, Nathan Ivaldi, Miles Michaelis, Andrew Heaney, and Patrick Sandoval. What's it called and why is it called that?
0: Um,
2: I'm gonna call them <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles because what are we doing here?
1: Okay, I can take that. I'm glad. Yeah, we're I, I, f- I wanted to be nice to you this week. I'm glad you we're know? in the top 50. I'm glad we're at the 50 fringe. Well, no, 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 yeah. no, no. That's not. Hmm, hmm.
2: Don't take that that way. This is a tier of guys who we look at it and just put up our our shoulders, going, "All right, uh, what what's going on?". is is this is this actually anything are we are we running this organization well are we not (laughs) uh
1: what is going on okay all right um i dig that uh let's start with lucas giolito because i bet a lot of people are just very frustrated he 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 comes back uh from the all-star break um and it's it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. He gets fully shellacked by uh the Guardians. He can't make it out. Uh or he can't make it to the fourth inning. Um, everything is just getting hit. He picked up zero whiffs on his slider. Uh the, the changeup was more what we're growing accustomed, accustomed to recently. He even said, you know what, maybe I'll even throw a curveball. He threw one that could theoretically be a a, a pitch uh, classification thing, but I don't think it is. What's going on with Lucas Giolito as he falls 16, 17, excuse me. The velocity has
2: come down uh, for Giolito's heater, not just this year overall, 93 as opposed to 94 in previous years, but also recently um, as he's 92.5. In this one, the previous start was 91.8, and that was the one against the Guardians. And it's just not working. Uh, There's not much else I can say. you got to get the velocity back and everything kind of Falls into place once that heater is doing its thing. Um, the curveball is kind of interesting at the beginning of the year. I saw him go to it a little bit more. I got very excited about it, but now the feel is totally gone. He's a mess, um, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here and saying, "Oh, if Giulito is sitting 93 again, or 90, even 3.5, or close to 94," mm-hmm. I, I very much believe that Lucas Giulia would be great again. I think he could be a very legitimate second half guy. The reason that I'm more down on him now is because the velocity has dropped. And that is very worrisome. I can see him having a fantastic September of the velocity back up. And then all of a sudden he's going 35th, 40th in drafts next year for starting pitchers. And I'm all over that. Right. Yeah. Uh, But it's about the next two months now. And. I just don't know what direction he's going to go. It's obviously a bad trend at the moment, um, but there's still time. There's about 10 and a half weeks for him to, to make the tweaks he needs to do.
1: Okay. So on to the next one, we were able to, you know, write off Nathan Eovaldi's poor return from the IL as it's a return from the IL. It's no big deal. Then he somehow manages to take it a step further with just a full shellacking against Toronto. Two and two thirds, nine earned runs, so that's twelve earned runs over his last seven innings for Nathan Iovaldi. The 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 velocity on the four seamer isn't there. Um, how how long of a, a leash are we talking here? I mean, if he's if he has the next two starts with that diminished four seamer velocity, is he a drop? I mean it's it's an argument to be had uh
2: 97 is essentially what we're looking for from nathan ivaldi and he sat (laughs) 94.5 so bad and it was for and the previous start was at least 93.5 but uh uh, well the sinker was 94.5 in that one really but yeah it's very bad for nathan ivaldi right now i hope that changes I'm not going to just completely write this off as against the Yankees and the Jays. And it's easy to do that, but it really, the velocity has to return. He's nothing without yeah. that velocity. So yeah, I don't know if you've all going to get it back. We see guys go down all the time. we saw like Zach Wheeler at the beginning of the year, needing extra time to, to get his velocity back. Right. It happens. I don't know. And this is why he's in this tier of what are you going to do? And honestly, I, I made it clear inside the notes as much as I could that this tier tier seven could arguably be tier eight, and tier eight could be tier seven, or at least a good amount of tier eight could go above these guys. If you're just saying, no, I just want something decent every week, that's fine. I want to trust my Marcus Stroman and Jose Arquide. I feel safer with those guys. I don't want to take any chances whatsoever. I get it completely. You can make an argument that you'd rather have Tyler Malley than Nathan Evaldi right now, or Alex Wood yeah. even against the Cubs this week. I, I hear it. I uh, say, so, and make those decisions based on your situation, right? It's all nuanced tremendously, but I group them together on purpose because it's the same decisions going on. And personally, I, I say, okay, I'm going to st- play this right and see for a little bit more information to see how these guys are going to uh, perform in the next week or two before I say, you know what, definitively get rid of Giolito who could all of a sudden, you know, push the needle massively in the next 10 weeks. So we'll see
1: what happens. Is it the same thing for Patrick Sandoval who, you know, has. Oh, I wrestled so much with that one. It's a tough one because he, he, he did poorly against, you know, Houston then does well against Baltimore then does poorly against the Dodgers. Then goes to Atlanta and again, can't even make it into the fourth. This isn't a, this isn't a, a VLO issue. This is just merely him being an ineffective issue. Um, so what are you doing with him? Yeah, uh, I want to give it one more
2: um, because it was a really tough schedule the Astros, Dodgers, and Atlanta, especially as a lefty. It's a lot easier to be a righty than a lefty against Atlanta. Um, his next one is Texas, and then he might get uh, the athletics after. He might not. But there is a chance there for Sandoval to turn around against You know, the Rangers who are better, but as a lefty, it's okay. That's really the start I'm going to be honing in on. And so next week, I'll have a better idea of it. I put him at the very bottom of this one. So, you Mm. know, the conversation I just had, he is the closest to being in that tier 10 even. Um, So, again, do what's best for you. I'm really tier 9 with like Braxton Garrett at Redembers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But yeah, yeah. recognize the ceiling is still apparent. He had 19 strikeouts in two games um, just a couple weeks ago.
1: That'll be a fun tier to talk about in a second, tier nine. But before we do, tier eight, 53 through 61, Jose Arkidi, Marcus Stroman, Martin Perez, Sonny Gray, George Kirby, Sean Manaya, Carlos Carrasco, Tyler Molly, Alex Wood. What's it called, and why is it called that? This tier
2: is um, the Sandlot tier. You know, those group have got that team. Uh, that team mostly, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is it. <laughs> Benny the Jets? No, Benny the Jet. I don't remember. No, what Benny is his the name? Jet. It right. is Benny, Benny the Jet, Jets, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, okay, Whew. yeah,
1: it's Benny uh, and the Jets. It's where it's the the, the song yeah. Elton John wrote is about, yeah, yeah, is about yeah. Benny <laughs> the
2: Jets, <Elton> right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, um, I mean it's just kind of a dependable one. You put it in the VCR, and you just like, yeah, okay, The Sandlot. I feel okay about this. Life is all right.
1: Okay. Um, let's start with uh martin Perez uh, probably on on the trading block. Um, you know, he looks like he's finally, done it right i mean where he's like okay we can kind of you know the the, the it's a, it's a funny joke guys we get it it's time to move on uh and then he bounces back again and he's given up two earned runs over his last 12 innings A really nice start against oakland yeah you can say hey it's just oakland but before that seattle before the all-star break with nine k's that change-up has been just absolutely it's fantastic so for him it's, it's so, so good. good i know it's 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 really funny it seems like he made some tweaks on it so what are you thinking about martin perez
2: Forty-four percent O swing on the changeup. He locates it so brilliantly uh, down in our uh, glove, down and arm side consistently, and he's able to sneak in the sinker just enough on the arm side. And the cutter often stays glove side. And as long as he has that separation of the two, cutter is going glove side, sinker is going arm side. He's able to avoid the heart of the plate effectively. Sometimes you do see cutters, of course, you know, go arm side back door to righties, that kind of thing. But he's avoiding the heart of the plate again with those sinkers and cutters. And when they overlap, that's when he had problems. That's when they um, find uh, the middle of the zone and get crushed. But mm. that changeup just is never there. It really—it's just always down and away to right-handers with such consistency. Uh, and props to him. I mean, this is the greatest Vargas rule of the year, and oh, hopefully yeah.
1: it lasts through the end. It might have to be the Paras role fairly soon. Um, George Kirby returns uh, to the list. I mean, obviously he had his debut, had plenty of starts. We saw a, uh, you know, a a pretty good four-seamer, definitely his best pitch by terms of swing and miss and a slider that just was not there for him yet as it got pretty shellacked. What are you looking to see from George Kirby in his return? It's interesting.
2: I don't know if I really want to start George Kirby this week. Uh, he gets the Rangers in that first one. The Rangers are a little bit better uh, than they used to be. And then he would get the Astros after. That's Ooh. just annoying. Uh, so it might be a little shakier because the, a return like this, we generally do see either limitations with their pitch counts or just not feeling comfortable. Alex fast has arrived. Mm. Um, but I do love, still, his four-seam 39% O-swing. I don't think people realize that on uh, George Kirby's four-seam is way yeah. above the average. The average is 26%. And 39 is excellent 16 swinging strike rate is so good it is fourth among all four seamers in the majors uh that's amazing um uh, across starting pitchers so with that pitch i mean yeah the slider is not as good as we want it to be he doesn't get quite enough strikes with that in the curveball but still i mean george kirby to me is a very solid arm and i don't think he's quite become the guy we wanted him to be 378 era 124 whip 23 k rate i mean i'm just thinking about 2023 i i'll be getting him likely everywhere because i don't think that he's going to be this um aggressively drafted player but it's such a good four seamer and considering he's 24 years old he'd be 25 next year george kirby could add on uh, you know, improve that slider in some way, a change of bam. I mean, he, he is so close to just dominating as long as he gets another, you know, he just improves one of those pitches somewhere. And that could just happen. And bam, there you go.
1: George Kirby's now elite. He has a
2: 3% walk rate right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, isn't isn't this identical to the conversation that we were having about like Logan Gilbert at the end of? So Logan Gilbert, I'm giving less. um, Well, right, I'm giving him less um,
2: favor in this way because a, I think Gilbert is you know recognized to be higher or better than Kirby is, and also there's been more time for him to try to develop, and he tried to. You remember the conversations in the spring for Logan Gilbert? Yeah. Where oh, I've got a new slider, I'm got a new changeup, I can't wait to show it off. And it's like, all right, yeah, it's a new one, but it's not very good. It's not nearly what I want it to be. I honestly missed the big whiff one that you had last year, and hopefully that was going to be more uh, refined. So he's given a stab at it already and and not really taken that step that I want him to see. I mean, the results speak differently as far as the rate goes, but I think that it's kind of, you know, if you look at the last month or two, it's been a lot different. Um, And George Kirby, though, hasn't had that... You know opportunity so just before the sake that he hasn't taken a stab at it and failed yet in my view uh, i that gets me a little bit more excited about kirby
1: tyler molly another guy who's unranked appears at number 60 gonna return from the il likely to match up against baltimore inside of uh cincinnati that game will be a home game which is important when you're talking about tyler molly is that a, a so we have a still ill plus a home start are you starting <laughs> tyler molly for that is he going to
2: be there though? That is Saturday, uh, July 30th. The trade deadline, I believe, uh, is August 2nd this year yep. on that Tuesday. So that's four days before it. I mean, it could be a last minute deal, but you could see a, uh, a team saying, no, we need Tyler Molly for another start before it. Maybe he gets pushed back an extra day just for that reason. Uh, it's a six man rotation right now for the Reds. So they could just not start Tyler Molly. Um, and start Nick Lodolo instead on that Saturday and just play it like that. Either way, I think I'm going to start him. He's going to be a questionable start because it's a home one, but I'm not too terrified of your Baltimore lineup. Sorry, buddy. Um, and uh, Tyler Mally is fine. He's going to get some strikeouts. I think wherever he goes will help him, yep. um, and that should be in consideration now considering it's just one start left at most uh, for Tyler Malley. So, I mean, then again, maybe he doesn't get dealt, you know, the Reds were going to deal Luis Castillo and they didn't do that. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, I seems wonder like if it's good, though.
1: This could conjecture, but I wonder if they do give him the start to be like, see, he's healthy. See this bad boy? Oh, sure. Yeah, plenty of plenty yeah, of yeah, juice that's... left in this bad boy. Yeah, you're you're hitting the top of the car, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to smack my table hard, but I yeah. spared the listeners. Um, let's put <laughs> nine, uh, 62 through 67, Aaron Ashby, Reed Detmers, Braxton Garrett, Nick Lodolo, Michael Kopech, and Jeffrey Springs. What's it called and why is it called that? This is called, I, uh, oh, I had it. Oh, I had it
2: in my head. Um, I mean, all right. I, this is called if the, uh, man. That Mets, what was that Mets team they had like all of these really good quote-unquote pitchers mm-hmm. it was like Isringhausen it was like Rick Reed or so I don't remember all of these amazing guys that were supposed to come in and like take over um and they just didn't and this is like the what if tier of like oh if only that Mets team was you know great <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is Worst. This is the worst categories I, 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 I've like, ever I, I, done. I'm just like sitting back no, no, no. and thinking I've like, ever done. Nick, yeah,
1: I know, yeah. but it's like I'm sitting back and thinking like, okay, let me give him a layup this week. Uh, no, I don't. It, this is
2: not a layup for me.
1: It's unbelievable. I let my I, creativity
2: soar fast. I don't gave you
1: like, in. but you got so mad at me when I give you like an ocean theme or whatever a no, and then I made it work and I did it. You know, and I it was did. Great, it. <laughs> and it was great. All right, right. Uh, let's this talk is about
2: this. This is the what if. So like. All right, fine. I'll make a better one. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll make a. Oh God. Um, this is the uh, the Buffalo Bills. They couldn't, ma- they couldn't win for one Super Bowl.
1: And what if they, what if they won one Super Bowl? Nice stretch. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll start very quick with Aaron Ashby. I mean, he, he's going to go today, and hopefully he does well. I need him to do yeah. well. But oh, but they could go 0 for 4. Ashby, Devers, Garrett, Lodola could go 0 for 4, but those
2: are four Super Bowl possibilities.
1: Very nice. That's very nice. Beautiful. It's Did like, it. Like Ashby getting signed. Where's my gold star? Game. No gold star. Uh, Dang it. Getting signed to a five-year deal, which means that the Brewers see as much promise in him as we do. Um, you know, they're, they're, that's a big commitment for a guy who yeah. recently has struggled. He's going to start today. Not too much to to hit upon there, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about Reed Detmers. There was a great tweet from, um, SP streamer earlier on in the day, talking about, uh, after what he's done in, uh, his uh, appearances since triple a 17 innings 1.06 ERA 0.94 whip with a near 30% K rate uh, amped up the slider usage and the fastball VLO almost up a full tick are you buying back in on Reed Detmers? I mean yes and no um it's uh, uh,
2: I I don't know how to feel um about detmers here because on uh, one aspect of it I love the fact that his fastball is better right? Um, The four-seamer has performed well in these games. It's been elevated effectively. He's uh, earned 13 whiffs across these last three starts with it. It's all working out in the way that you want it to. 31% CSW. The slide only has a 24% CSW, despite being a new pitch. It's harder. It's uh, being located, I think, pretty well. But it's not quite the thing that I wanted it to be. I, I, I saw Reed Demers earlier this year being... Four seamers up. You have this nice curveball you can get for strikes, but you need that extra whiff pitch. And that slider, we've seen it at times be that. And I was mm-hmm. waiting for it to happen. Wasn't making it work. Went to the Myers says this new one. And it's not like the, you know, when I saw that was harder. Uh, on SAC, I went to watch the videos. I was like, oh, it's probably going to be like the the George Kirby cutter cutter slider thing, right? No, it actually like looks like a proper slider. And it's coming in harder. This should be really good. It just hasn't gotten it. Only one whiff against Atlanta. And it was one that was over the plate, and it wasn't a well-located one, right? And I, I'm a little hesitant to jump in here on Redembers. I know it's gone well here. I It's it's just not been quite as overpowering as I've watched it, as I thought it would be given the lines of two earned runs allowed here, beating, beating the Astros and the Atlanta and even the Orioles <laughs> and um, 21 strikeouts, right? So... I want to believe that maybe the slightly lower arm angle um, is making that fastball so much better that the new slider is also amplifying that pitch too. And the curveball is just doesn't have to do everything. And the higher slider usage is doing what the curveball was doing before. And it all just works now. And maybe that's the truth here. I suggest everybody be picking him up and just kind of rolling with this and crossing our fingers that it is legit. It's like how it is with all these guys in this tier um as i have uh it's ashby it's detmers and garrett are the first three then lodolo i really like but i recognize that he's not doing it right now and like fine just chase the other ones in the meantime but yeah detmers it could work it could do it and this might be the guy i mean he's still what 22 23 just turned 23 two weeks ago i mean yeah prospect growth isn't linear
1: yeah well it's it's the opposite of it if you're pitching for the angels sadly but (laughs) obviously uh a lot of good you know he's exciting to watch and i hope he reaches his potential but speaking of reaching your potential i want to talk a little bit about braxton garrett if braxton garrett started every game against the pirates he'd probably be in the first tier um he's not he's gonna have his next start come in cincinnati which is very dangerous because of that stadium alone but the sinker slider combination for him of late has been has been deadly good the sinker didn't pick up any whiffs in that last start but still that slider still picked up 10 um you know coming off what is it uh, 18 k's in his last 12 innings. i mean again both starts against the pirates but when it's working it's working that slider has looked good obviously with max going down he's got a pretty solidified spot in that rotation moving forward for quite some time what do you think about braxton garrett he has a forty-eight percent two-strike uh
2: percentage on his slider. That is, when he throws a slider, half of them essentially come in two strikes. I don't, and I don't know how I feel about that, but all right. I can, well, the other half is early in the count. He, when he's behind, he doesn't turn to a sinker. Okay. Um, and I think that's the element that is missing from Garrett for me to really line, lean into him is when he's behind. What can he throw that isn't a fastball? And it's not a slider right now. Um. Maybe it's a curveball changeup. Maybe it's just, all right, it's fine. I can just throw the sinker and I'll get away with it down and away or so. But that slider though is really, really good. When he throws it early, he gets called strikes on it when it's uh, late. I mean, he has a 23.5% swing strike rate, 47% O swing on it. Ooh, wee, 69% strike rate on the pitch, 35% CSW. It's wonderful. And I've been underrating that slider a bit. I, I didn't, quite understand how good it has been at last two starts 21 whiffs combined but against the pirates as you mentioned it's a case just like that mercy you pick him up and you hope you hope this is real here I I just wish he had something else for me to latch on to as well
1: moving on to tier 10 68 through 73 Alex Cobb Corey Kluber Merrill Kelly Noah Syndergaard Adam Wainwright Eric Lauer what's it called and why is it called that
2: oh right I gotta do this thing again okay <laughs> I this, um, this is called the natural because I mean, it's just so it's always there. What's it's on just, a team? It's, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a team. You're right. I was just thinking like movies all of a sudden. Sure, oh, sure, you know? sure. Yeah, that's off. That's not a team. It is a team in my heart. Okay. All right. No, okay. No, no, no. It's the Durham Bulls. There you go. Okay. We'll take that. we will take that. Um, yeah. Even though that movie, I, it really bothered me fast. I've said Bull this Bull Durham? or the natural. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Bull Durham. Um, because uh, that is the Durham Bulls, right? They just reverse it for whatever reason? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Uh, because that movie isn't, I thought it was, I was going into it's just like, this is a movie about baseball start to finish, you know? And it's not. It's about a relationship with Susan Sarandon, you wow. know? That's like the movie with like, the environment the atmosphere of being baseball but it's a movie about a relationship with Susan
1: Sarandon so you're saying it's a love story with a baseball hat on
2: yeah and I I mean it's not a bad movie it's just I wanted I want a little big league you know I love little big league that's the best one man that that is that is baseball all the way through that's a baseball movie to a T. and sure you have the great things in, in Bull Durham about you know, the mountain visit and stuff. It's wonderful. I love that stuff, but that's like little bits here and there. And it's like, okay, let's go back to the whole thing with Susan Saranda. I'm like,
1: ah, okay. There are some things you can't say from little big league though, though there are parts that have not aged well, but that's, that's a topic for a different podcast or, sure, or absolutely. A different baseball show. Um, the, let's, let's look at Adam Wainwright who falls precipitously. He falls, I think it was 17, right? He, he falls a lot. Uh, now. Before the All Star break, it's a complete game against Philly, a, a, a great start. I mean, yeah, a very good start against against the Dodgers. Four walks, with five Ks, no one runs, and four hits and five and a third. He gets shellacked inside of Cincinnati, but you have him dropping seventeen. What's the deal? Yeah, this is him falling between tiers, right?
2: So as I do what I do here on the list at this point is I have the groupings of upside. Ceiling, or upside floor, upside floor, right? Go back and forth. And I realized that Adam Wainwright should not have been as high as he was. He's essentially like Merrill Kelly, and he deserved, deserved to be where Merrill Kelly was. I saw that they were different. I thought, who is the one that belongs with the other? Right? Mm-hmm. Does Kelly deserve to be go, uh, going up, or does Wainwright deserve to go down? And I think Wainwright does deserve to go down, and you see that with the 700 rounds against Cincinnati. Uh, it just hasn't been as consistent as you want it to be. And... It's just, hey, you're still going to have Adam Wainwright, but he's a Toby, and that's not. Yeah.
1: That. Eric Lauer hasn't really looked himself. He's he, he been up and down with the velo a little bit. Then last night against Colorado, just doesn't have it, man. Didn't have his command, which was kind of frustrating to watch and really not able to put them away. He was kind of struggling a lot, and then it just kind of all unfolded for him in, in, in the fourth and the fifth. What are you doing with Eric Lauer? You know, it's kind of funny. When all is a sudden done... It's a three,
2: four year, a 120 whip and a 25% strikeout rate this year. Mm. I mean, that's actually, that's all right. We yeah. we can deal with that for the entire year. But at this point, he feels like a cherry bomb too much as the the four seamer goes in and out. Um, two whiffs and 38 pitches in this one. And of course, we have the 21 whiffs um, against the Cubs just four starts ago. right? Uh, yeah, I don't know what to expect with Eric Lauer anymore. I'm just hands are up in the air. Like, okay, whatever it is, it is. And he's still better than Hunter green on the cherry bomb side, but it's a cherry bomb and he's yeah. going to be super sweet or blow up in your face. And
1: if you want to join that ride, by all means. All right. Let's move on to tier 11, 74 through 81, Josiah gray, Hunter green, Jameson Tyone, on Jacob, Ross stripling, Zach, Plezak, Brady singer, and drew Rasmussen. What's it called? And why is it called that? Um, this is the uh,
2: 2027 Detroit Tigers. Because they're going to be great. <laughs> we don't know. We're hoping. Oh. We're hoping that those youngsters turn into something good. Sure. There
1: was your opportunity to bring up the Orioles, but whatever. Um, I gave you the higher tier because I want to make it happen. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. The first person that we kind of have to start with here is Brady Singer, who shoots up 17 spots. I mean, of course, you have to rise him 17 spots. He comes in with a 12K game uh, against Tampa Bay where, you know, he was just looking fantastic. The slider was virtually unhittable that game. Um, Are you buying into it? Because it looked good. The sinker slider mix looked real good against Tampa. Yeah, he's still at 80.
2: You see the plus 17, but he's still at 80. Um, mm-hmm. And you see a lot of major moves, or you see a lot of movement generally in the back quarter of the list because going up from 95 to 75 or so is just like, okay, you can you had a good start and maybe you're actually something, right? That's all that's saying. Like, maybe we pick you up or not. Brady Singer to me is still very Cherry Bomb-esque. Uh, I, I don't think that what he's doing is anything different than we've really seen before which is just sinker slider. Uh, He has these days where the slider gets double-digit whiffs and the sinker gets double-digit called strikes, and it's great. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow. He's been on a nice stretch, but keep in mind, even the last one against the Tigers, yes, he had one earned run and six Ks and six innings, but 12 base runners with five walks, that's a two whip against the Tigers as a right-hander. They're the worst team in baseball against right-handers. And it's stuff like that where it's just,
1: what am I going to get? I don't know. So... Uh, good luck trying to figure out when. It is crazy to see how Toby like his season has been. Um, I mean, he's got a three eight two ERA. Like that's right. That's 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 serviceable. That's that's good for your fantasy team. It doesn't hurt your fantasy team where he is, right? Because you're not expecting him to be a top five guy. But he's a back end guy with a thirty two percent CSW, which is eighteenth best in baseball. Which is another like what? Well, uh, CSW is gonna be high for him because of the called strike rate. Right yeah. yeah. Yeah, because he obviously has a near eleven percent swing strike rate, which is out of the top one hundred. But still, it's kind of shocking to see some of those numbers. Now, I, I will say before that last start, four hundred two ERA, one twenty four whip, and a
2: twenty three percent K rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this recent one is affecting things a decent amount, especially with that strikeout rate jumping over two points. If you think, whoa, I didn't realize it was twenty five percent guy yet because
1: of that twelve strikeout game. All right, there you go. Um, Let's move on to tier 12, Another, the last of our chonkers, 82 through 93, Johnny Cueto, Kyle Gibson, Madison Bumgarner, Spencer Watkins, Jacob Junis, Trevor Rogers, uh, Nick Pavetta, Jose Quintana, Mitch Keller, Ian Anderson, Keegan Thompson, and Chris Bubich. What's it called and why is it called that? Yeah, I have it. I have it. I. Okay. We'll see. This is the... Um...
2: Yeah, no, no. What is... Oh, come on. Tell me... <laughs> No, Google, you're letting me down. No, All right, they don't even tell me the team name. Whatever the team is that Airbud plays for, because there's no way it should work, but they
1: still win. Hey Google, what's the team that Airbud plays <laughs> it for? It won't tell
2: me. Oh, it I won't love tell it. me.
1: I love it. Um Spencer Watkins hasn't made a start but is rising 15. You just is it other guys dropping below him? I mean, he had a good start against the Cubs before the break. Uh but Fast. is there anything this is your boy. Oh, was, well, I
2: I his last we, four
1: games plus four
2: stars run runs. Yeah. I know, I know, but I, I wasn't giving him enough credit.
1: Okay, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. So I was just that's like, you know what? You all say. right. Yeah. That's all <laughs> I needed to say. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. Enough credit so that <clears> he's at 85. That's all I needed. Um <laughs> So, Jacob Junis kind of back in the rotation, gonna get, I think he has a two-start week this week. Um, yeah. just enough promise in that cutter that you're interested in riding with it.
2: I don't know if it's the the cutter, but the uh, the slider is still excellent and the uh, the changeup is decent. Uh, hopefully, if he throws it and it's good to work against the the Diamondbacks and the
1: and the Cubs. So, yeah, all right, here you are, buddy. That's a fun, sneaky two-start week. The other one that I wanted to talk about, uh, it's just always fun to see him on the list because I don't think he's fallen off definitely at a much better beginning of the first uh, half. Uh, and that's Jose Quintana with a 3.7 ERA. I mean, I don't think anyone really would have thought that Jose Quintana coming into the all-star break would have had an ERA below four um, and would have thrown almost 100 um, a hundred frames or a very Jose Quintana start, I guess that sums up the yeah. season in Miami uh, on the 23rd with, you know, no earned runs, no walks, four K's, seven innings. That's a damn good start for him. Uh, are you just buying into the kind of run that he's on? Oh, yeah. This is a Vargas rule
2: here. And he kind of jumped back into it. If he, you didn't realize that. <laughs> I mean, this is this is wild. Uh, what I'm seeing right now, I through July 5th. Jose Quintana at a 333 year rate with a 22 yeah, percent. It was
1: rate. it was insane, man. It was crazy. Yeah. I saw him um, sitting on the Dodgers.
2: I know. I know. And then uh, then what happened was he had these two starts against Milwaukee and Coors with a 10 runs. But then he got back on, on track, and the pitch separation is fantastic with Jose Quintana. I love to see it. Uh, four seamers up, and you have curveballs down, and then you have changeups down. And that's everything that you want. <laughs> uh, I remember dreaming about it in 2021, where he had one start where he went four seamers up and couldn't do anything else. And then he had one start where he had all these curveballs down and didn't do anything else. I said, oh, if they if you can do both, it'll work. And it's working now. I, I still don't like having a guy with a 128 whip and a 21% or a 20% strikeout rate on my squad where it's very close to four and and higher. But yeah, if you want to if you want to Vargas rule this, he gets the fills next and could get the the Brewers after that and Quintana could be helpful for you.
1: Moving on to our final tier here, tier 13, 94 through 100. Ranger Suarez, Cal Quantrill, Tyler Wells, Chris Flexen, Marco Gonzalez, Graham Ashcraft, and Cutter Crawford. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh,
2: I'm going to upset so many people. Who
1: is it? Oh, it's the Colorado Rockies. Like,
2: all right, they exist. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I was thinking about the first half of the Bad News Bears uh, (laughs) before they turn it around just like just only being the bad side uh no I mean these are pitchers if you're looking for something I they are available I mean I wish that Graham Ashcraft could get back into the groove. he does have a good schedule on the horizon for Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati has a really nice one moving forward I mean then there's Cutter Crawford at 100 who I uh, has the best easter egg on the site if you go to Cutter Crawford's page that's what I you was gonna go say check it out.
1: And uh, find that Easter egg. Yeah, I see guess the the last thing I want to talk about because you know I wanted to talk about the the Easter egg. So I'm glad you brought it up. But Marco Gonzalez falls 15, but stays in the top 100. Talk about that that
2: delivery. He goes Easter through ebbs trick. and flows. I, I don't really think he's too different than the other guys. Just because of two starts doesn't mean that he's forever now destined for something different. Sure. Um, but I recognize like, all right, just take it easy with Gonzalez. Wait for him to do OK, maybe for a start or two, and then he'll be back to it. You know, what I mean, if I have to say like right now, the rest of the season in, in a compact, just all right, you get one chance to rank the next 10 weeks. Gonzalez is pretty similar to
1: everybody else. Right. Yeah. That's all I got. It's Marco Gonzalez. You know, him. that's Marco Gonzalez. Nick, we've got a fun week of pitching ahead of us. We have multiple teams that have seven consecutive games. By the oh, my time. Lord. The next time we talk, oh, no, that's not true. But the next time we talk, there will there will have been trades made the next time that we talk, for sure. If not, it's going to be on Yes, brutal. with
2: this podcast, but we're talking tomorrow,
1: baby. We're talking tomorrow, for sure. So please check it out. Nick and Alex Baseball Show tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Doing it live on Twitch as usual. Always having fun, having a great time. Tomorrow's going to be a real fun episode, just like they all are. But I think that is going to do it for episode number 334 of On the Corner, the official pitchless.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.